We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. There's so many people that live vicariously through you. I would give anything tonight to jump in one of these uniforms with you guys. To do something I never had an opportunity to do. My father never saw me play. You play for your fathers tonight. No games on the schedule? That doesn't stop us from talking football. It's time for the Majerus Family Foundation Wisconsin Football Coaches Association Show. Presented by your local pick and save stores. Win on three. One, two, three. Boys Here are your hosts. Past WFCA president and head coach at Milwaukee Vincent, Tom Swiddle, and the fans' high school insider, big time Mike McGiver. Good morning, everyone. This is Tom Swiddle, and I am without my usual co host. Mike McGivern is gone today. He's on a well earned family vacation. But with me in studio is Doug Sarver past president of the WFCA, but WFCA Hall of Famer and current athletic director at St. Francis High School. Doug, thank you for coming in and spending your Saturday morning with us. My pleasure, Tom. It's good to be here. Doug, let's go through our show's lineup and let everyone know what we've got planned today. Um, in just a moment, at 10 o'clock, we're going to be talking to Tony Aker, the head football coach at Lawrence University. At 10.30... We have Neil Brunner, Hall of Fame football referee, and Brian Henson, commissioner of the Greater Metro Conference, on, and we'll talk about refereeing football. At 11 o'clock, Pallone Williams, the president of the Neighborhoods Children's Sports League, and Pallone will highlight the NCSL youth football program. And finally, at 11.30, we have Mark Fredrickson and J.C. Fish of Midwest Scholastic, they will join us, and Midwest Scholastic is a corporate sponsor of the WFCA. But we begin this morning with Tony Aker, head coach at Lawrence University. Good morning, Tony. How are you? Good morning, Coach. I'm, I'm doing wonderful. How are you? I'm, I'm great. And before the show began, um, just so you know, Doug Sarver told us how you single-handedly led Brown Deer to a victory over St. Francis a number of years ago, and I'm sure Coach Cyber will love to talk about that in just a moment. But, Tony, you were named the 29th head coach at Lawrence back in December of 2019, and I have to tell you, you had excellent timing because you stepped in right before COVID hit, and uh, I can't imagine a more difficult situation for a new head coach than to navigate that. Tell us how your your how you did your first couple of months there dealing with COVID and trying to start your program. Yeah, um, was was definitely not what I thought my first year as a head coach was going to be like. So, um, of course, I had all these these plans and dreams and and these things that I wanted to accomplish. And and I think I was on campus for about five weeks. Uh, and at that time, I was commuting back and forth. Um, from West Dallas, where we had a home, um, my fiance was seven months pregnant with, with oh, our man. second child, um, and, and it was quite the uh, it, it was quite the run. Um, but it, it, it's been a, a heck of a journey, right? Um, extremely blessed for the opportunity uh, to lead such a a great program with a tremendous tradition and history of success, uh, not only on the field but even more so academically, uh, and, and what our students were able to do. 
uh, in their time at Lawrence and, and of course their time after LU. But um, what a what a transition it was, uh, without question. You know, you, you get in there and you're you're thinking about X's and O's and building a culture, and then um, our world changed, right, um, completely. And, and so, um, yeah, it, it was an unbelievable experience. Uh, now I, I think we've kind of uh, got got our footing going. Uh, I have a wonderful staff, um, some great great men uh, who are helping lead and, and develop these young people, and, and and we're really really looking forward to our future. Coach, you're a relatively young guy, at least compared to Coach Sarver and myself. But when you look at your background, boy, you're you're more than ready for this. Tell us a little bit from, um, you know, the beginning and and, and how you got to uh, Lawrence University. Yeah, um, I'm a proud alum of of the University of Wisconsin-Stevens Point. uh, Played under John Mish. um, And and I always wanted to coach, you know, my, my coaches throughout my, my career, right, my life, have been unbelievably influential uh, on my experience. Um, the entire Green family, right, um, Papa Green, Rob Green, Andy Green, Sean Green, right, guys that coached me in high school uh, were, were incredible. Mike Novak who was my high school uh, basketball coach, um, extremely influential on what I did. Uh, Walter Blount, who was my AAU coach, um, you know, Nikki Johnson, who was an AAU coach, Tom Desitel, who was an AAU coach, guys that, that really uh, helped me develop a passion for developing young people. Uh, make no mistakes about it. I don't think any of us get into this profession um, with dreams and grandeur of making a bunch of money. We, we really just want to be around young people and help them accomplish their goals and dreams. And um, I wanted to follow suit and, and kind of um, find a way to, to pay back you know, the, the men who helped develop me and, and helped me through the process. And so um, Coach Mish grabbed me uh, as soon as I got done playing. You know, I had been really, really involved uh, with on-campus recruiting as a player. Uh, it was something I took pride in. I was always trying to help bring uh, the best and the brightest into our program to help us compete. Um, and, you know, Coach Mish picked me up one day um, in, in a rental truck. Uh, he jumped in the passenger seat. We drove to North Dakota uh, and, and met a recruit at a Starbucks. And Coach Mish stayed in the car, and he said, when you come back to the truck, make sure that this young man is coming to visit next week. And, and that was kind of my uh, indoctrination into coaching. Uh, and then I spent five years with, with Tom Jernell uh, when he took over as the head football coach at UWSC. He's now the head football coach at uh, Carleton College. Um, and, and I worked directly under Aaron Blecko, uh, who was our offensive coordinator, and Marty Costello, who is our offensive line coach, is now the offensive line coach of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in the CFL. Um, and, and I just, you know, I, I was a sponge. I, I was learning every single day uh, about football, about life, about developing, uh, about higher education. Um, and, and I like to be involved uh, as much as I possibly can. And so I started dipping and dabbling uh, in everything that I could. Um, eventually, when I left UWSP, I, I had a brief sabbatical at, at UW-Eau Claire uh, when Dan Larson uh, initially took over there. Um, but I, I really wanted the opportunity to be a coordinator. Um, and so I was there with Dan. Uh, we were working, recruiting, trying to bring in a class, and uh, an opportunity at Carroll University came open. And so for me, not only was it an opportunity um, to, to go and try my hand at coordinating, Carroll was also leaving the Midwest Conference going into the CCIW, and so I thought that'd be an incredible opportunity. And, of course, it was an opportunity to get back to the southeast part of the state where where I'm proudly from and and call home. And uh, I was at Carroll for four and a half years, and um, when the opportunity came, um, Kristen Abre, who was our director of athletics at the time, who's now our chief of staff here on campus at Lawrence, she gave me a call, and I went through the process. And, um, you know, after praying, having some great conversations with our family. I, I thought this was a tremendous opportunity to kind of dive in and go get after it. And um, So now we're here, right, doing everything that we can to rebirth this once great football family and continue to provide uh, a top-tier experience academically and athletically for our scholar-athletes. We're talking with Tony Aker, head football coach at Lawrence University. Doug? Well, Tony, that's quite a run since you uh, cost St. Francis a championship many years ago. <laughs> <laughs> you and I have talked about that many times over yes, the years. Sir. And uh, Tony caught three jump balls. They had one first down and beat St. Francis 29-28. Yeah, well, 
coach, you, you squib kick to our starting running back. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Hey, yeah. Tony, could you expand on that, please? I, I hear a coaching mistake. Well, no, no. Yeah, I didn't squib okay. kick to him. The kicker did. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they stopped kicking it deep. Uh, I, I wish I could take all the credit, right? Um, you know, 2004 at Brown Deer High School, we, we had some tremendous athletes, um, some really good football players. Uh, Dan Sellers, who, who was an all-WIAC player, Started off at the Division II level at Nebraska-Omaha. Um, DQ Spencer, Bobby Lampshire. Um, we, we had some guys, Sean Wild, rest in peace, uh, who was our starting quarterback, who did some tremendous things. But, uh, you know, we had some things go our way that day. Uh, Coach Sarver uh, regularly had just, I mean, like a Division One offensive line uh, up front. Uh, we're talking about Chief. Jose Valdez, who who was just special, right? Josh Oglesby, uh, you know, had Jason McClellan in the backfield. Um, that that was going to be a tough day for anybody. I think we got a little help from the rain. Um, you know, I, I think we had a, a muff punch that that kind of helped us there. Um, and, and then uh, we had a squib to to our starting running back who was on the front line of our kickoff return who ended up housing one. And I wish I could take the credit for the couple of touchdowns that I had, but I, I think that one really kind of shifted the momentum for us, no doubt. Yeah, it certainly was a great game, I, you know, and uh, unfortunately for us, we were on the bottom end of that and cost us a conference championship. We did get to the state championship game that year. That's how good that team was. Yeah. yeah. And, well, you and, can look at it, Coach, in, in that uh, that Brown Deer loss did something for you. It got you to that state championship game. Well, they're not remembering that state championship game as much as they might have remembered uh, another conference championship. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, Coach, listening to you, you you obviously have the right personality for recruiting. I mean, if I was a interested senior in high school and interested in playing college football, there'd be no way I could say no to you if you asked to come for a visit. And when you were introduced as head coach, one of the things that you talked about was recruiting at Lawrence. And, and you mentioned really that it's kind of fallen off in, in Wisconsin a little bit and, and especially in the Fox Valley area. And, and that's an emphasis for you, isn't it? Yeah, without question. Um, you know, first and foremost, we're, we're a Wisconsin uh, regional institution, right? And so uh, I think that we have to have great representation from our state, um, you know, as, as as a former athlete and as a coach, uh, I, I can't tell you how incredible it is now um, to see how our state is recruited. Um, I, I think that you know, sitting here in our in our great state, we are in, you know, um, we are in the heart uh, of the most competitive small college uh, football experience in the country. Um, from from the FCS level down, uh, we, we have tremendous tremendous programs uh, within our region, and so. You know, for us, it's really diving back in, reestablishing our footprint uh, in our backyard and in the state, um, and, and really getting back after it. You know, Lawrence is a place. I mean, we have 22 conference championships, 16 in the Midwest Conference. You know, we're the only team in our league that has representation in the Collegiate National Hall of Fame. There are so many great things from an athletic perspective uh, that have happened here in Appleton, here at Lawrence University, and. Um, by all means, you know, success has evaded us a little bit here, um, but but we're really, really excited to, to kind of rebirth this thing and, and get back going, but it definitely starts in our backyard, you know, um, the, the Fox Valley, and, and of course, I'm a little biased, right? I'm a southeast corner of the state guy, uh, unbelievably proud to be from Milwaukee and, and everything that that represents, but um, the, fact, the Fox Valley is incredible. Uh, when, when it comes to sports, it doesn't matter which sport that it is, um, there's a ton of talent around here, um, and, and we have to do a great job really reestablishing who we are, helping uh, young people understand that uh, we can provide an elite academic experience uh, with, with an incredible athletic experience to match uh, and, and really provide a great opportunity right here in the backyard. But uh, we've got some work to do. You know, I, I think our state um, is special. You know, when you think about the Wisconsin State League, when you think about uh, the private school programs in our state and the traditions of success that they all have, uh, you, you can't you can't neglect it. You know, you, you've got to be out there. You, you've got to be at camps. You've got to be at combines. You've got to grip and grin. You need to be on sidelines in the fall. And, um, you know, that, that, that wasn't as big of an emphasis prior to our staff getting here. And so, you know, we've got some work to do to, to rebuild that. And we're excited to do it. And, and, and hopefully as we continue to move forward, we – 
we can bring some some really really special uh, Wisconsinites over here to the Fox Valley and do some great things here in our football program and at our university. Tony, we're right up against the break here. Can we hold you over for one more segment? Yeah, without question. This is the Majerus Family Foundation Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by your local pick and save stores. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Welcome back to the Majerus Family Foundation Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by your local pick and save stores live from the Lakeland University Studios. With us right now is Tony Aker, the head football coach at Lawrence University. Hey Tony, uh, shortly after you received the job at, at Lawrence we talked and you had something like 15 players in the whole program that you inherited and now you've built you've been able to build that roster up and usually uh, it's been mostly kids from out of state how are what's your plan to try and get these great Wisconsin high school football players to buy in on Lawrence and get them to the to your program yeah you know um, a lot of consistent effort right um, you know I, I, our staff uh, we, we've been on goodwill missions the, the last two years in recruiting really sitting in front of high school coaches sitting in front of athletes and and really helping them understand who we are and, and what we represent. Um, again, I, I think there's a little bit of misconception about our university, uh, especially academically. Um, although we are an unbelievably strong academic institution, we take a very holistic approach to admissions. I, I, I think our standards at times scare some folks off. And, um, you know, we're different from, from many private institutions in the state. You're never going to turn on You're never going to go on our website and, and see a, a, a traditional table, right? Um, you know, if your, your GPA falls within here and your test scores are here, you get this much money. And so um, we're different, right? And, and we have to go out and we have to share our story. We have to explain who we are. We have to share our vision, share our culture with young people and uh, give them the opportunity to decide if that's a place that, that they want to be and um, a program that they want to be a part of. We know it's going to be a battle. Uh, we, we know that it, it's going to be a process and, uh, we like it that way, right? It's the exact same way um, with, with any program. Everybody's process may be a little bit different, but everybody has something to follow. And so for us, it's getting in front of folks. Um, it, it's explaining who we are. And then, you know, our, our coaching staff, um, we're, we're a bunch of football junkies, right? Uh, we got three Wisconsin guys on our staff. Myself, Matt Sosinski, who was a 2012 uh, Altoon Award winner, uh, who was an All-American wide receiver for us at Stevens Point. Um, Andy Piter, you know, who's a Lawrence alum uh, from Denmark, Wisconsin, was an all-conference guy, still a school record holder uh, in a couple of different uh, areas uh, in our football family. And so uh, really having us on staff, I, I think, is a benefit. Uh, we're from here. We're, we're deeply ingrained in this great state uh, in, in high school football, college football. And uh, we just got to get out there and get our, our, our stories shared. We, we, uh, I think that we have some great things going here. Uh, we have an unbelievable uh, administration. We're, we're reinvesting into our campus and the experience uh, of all of our students. Um, but I, I think one of the most important things that we have going on right here at, at Lawrence is uh, a, a dedication and a commitment uh, to athletics and co-curricular. I, I think there might have been a time where we kind of got moved into that extracurricular space and and now we're, we're, we're kind of re-establishing uh, ourselves and, and re-establishing athletics as 
the sweatiest of the liberal arts, right? Um, there's going <laughs> to be things that our students are going to learn on the court, on the field, and in the weight room and in meeting rooms that they're not going to learn in a chemistry classroom, but um, those lessons are going to be valuable to their overall experience. And uh, I, I think when you have an incredible administration and, and you have backing from the top down, um, I, I think it makes it a, a, a really awesome experience for all of our students and uh, especially our athletes to continue to uh, be prideful of who they are, what they represent, who they represent, and continue to do great things in the classroom and on the field. And so uh, it's going to be a process for us to get back, but we're going to keep working. As, as I told our administration when I was uh, hired, you know, uh, we've got work to do. It's going to be a process, but we're never going to get tired doing that work. Um, we're unbelievably prideful and passionate about this place, about this institution, about this town, uh, and about this program. And so being able to share that passion with young people and families and, and trying to bring uh, the, the best and the brightest into our ship is, uh, is at the forefront of our thinking every single year. And so we're going to get back there. Uh, we just got to keep um, hacking away and, and, and keep taking those steps forward. And um, it's going to pay off for us in the long run. We're excited about it, no doubt about it. And you've already alluded to this, Coach, uh, when you mentioned how you know, just in the state and in the region, the, the great uh, schools that that uh, football players can choose to further their, their football careers. And so you're kind of up against it, especially when, you know, your direct competition are the WIAC schools. you got Whitewater and you've got, um, you know, Oshkosh, which is basically in your backyard, and it's hard to recruit against those schools. And I always ask this question of the uh, private school coaches that I talk to, so I'm interested in your, uh, your opinion on this. Um, it seems weird to me that a school like Lawrence or Ripon or Beloit, whoever, that they play for the same national championship that Whitewater plays for. And when you look at the disparity of the schools within Division Three. Um, you know, you can just see how difficult that task is. Um, what would your feeling be if you had really like a couple different divisions in Division Three that maybe you played and schools like yourself played for a different national championship than the ones that, that a Whitewater plays for? Yeah, um, great, great question, Coach. And to be 100% honest, I, w- I would hate that. Uh, I'm a competitor, right? Um, we... we- <laughs> We, we all have an opportunity to go out there and put the ball down, right? We all have an opportunity to recruit. We have an opportunity to practice. We have an opportunity to develop. Uh, and so for me, um, it's about competing against the best. You know, when, when you think about uh, the sacrifice, the effort, the energy that, that college athletes put into their experience, especially at the Division three level. I mean, I was, I, I was a college football player, man, and, and you know, I'm, I'm pumping ice cream at Belt Soft Serve, which is the best soft serve in the state of Wisconsin, um, right there in Stevens Point, uh, you know, and, and working as a tour guide and, and trying to find a way uh, to, to finance my college experience because I wanted to play ball, right? I, I wanted to be out there and compete. Um, and, and there's so many lessons that we learn from, from healthy, honest competition. And so, um, no. I, I don't. I don't want to separate. It. I don't. I don't want any different divisions. Uh, I think Division Three football is the most competitive division uh, in, in college football. Uh, you think about it, right? Twenty-seven um, conference championship winners and, and five at-large bids, and uh, you got to win fifteen games to win a national championship. That's incredible. Um, and so the journey, the process to, to try to uh, develop your guys and create a program that can compete at that level is. Um, it, it really fuels that competitive fire that I think so many of us coaches still have, right? Um, I, I think in our in our minds, many of us think we could still strap it up and go out there and get after it, but uh, our bodies will tell us something different as soon as we try to do it. Um, but uh, but I'm all about the competition, you know, and, and the process to get there. Um, and so for me, it's it, it put the ball down, right? We we all got 60 minutes to play, and our guys are going to play 60 minutes of Vikings football with mental toughness, focus, and relentless effort, with a keen emphasis on alignment, assignment, and execution. And uh, we want to go out there and compete against the best. Tony, in, in the WIAC, all of the teams are in the state of Wisconsin, and I think that's a big draw for that conference. With the private schools, there's enough private schools in the state of Wisconsin to form their own Wisconsin conference. Has there been any talk or uh, about that, or what are your thoughts there? You know, um, not that I know of, um, 
something that I've always thought would be a heck of an idea, especially when you think about um, the, the way that our state draws um, and, and how we're separated in, in a bunch of different leagues. I, I think it would be awesome. I think that league would be highly competitive uh, if it were something that we ended up moving to, uh, and I would surely support it. But at the end of the day, um, uh, again, Coach, I want to play everybody, man. <laughs> I, I, I want to continue to build this program. And, um, you know, when, when we feel like we're there and we're ready to continue to take those steps, um, we're ready to put the ball down against anybody. Um, but I've, I've heard it before. Uh, I've never heard it at the big table. Uh, as a true conversation, but if it ever comes up, um, definitely something I would support. Tony, what is it going to take for the private schools to get on the level of the WIAC schools? Um, you know, I, I, I think it's a tough deal. Um, to be quite honest, Coach, um, some of them may already be there. You know, we, we have some, some really talented uh, coaches and, and rosters here in the state and, and some guys that do some awesome things. You know, again, I – I spent four and a half years down at down at Carroll and, and really helped him transition from the Midwest into the CCIW. And you know, Coach Buddha and those guys did an incredible job this past year. You know, um, you know having a winning record in the CCIW and doing some awesome things. And, and, and there's some really talented players on those rosters. You know, I, I know Coach Haas does a great job down at Carthage. You know, uh, Coach Bruton over at Lakeland, Coach Edder down at Concordia, and I, I could name everybody. I don't want to leave guys off the list, but. Uh, the fact of the matter is those those teams are competitive. Um, uh, you know, it, you can think whatever you want to about their, their conferences and things like that, but uh, those rosters are filled with, with, with Wisconsin athletes as well, right? Guys that, that we've seen out there taking care of business under those lights on Friday nights and um, doing some awesome things. And so, uh, you know, it, it's a tough deal, right? The Wisconsin State League is, is established. It, it, there's a great tradition and history there. Uh, we, we always talk about it, right? Um, you know, if Uncle John went to, you know, insert UW school right here, well, then, you know, Timmy's probably going there too, right? It's already kind of a foregone conclusion. And so you work, you continue to do your best to, to you know, find those guys that, that want to compete and, and want to have a different experience. Uh, I, I think one of the things that is special to us, and especially on our campus, but I know many of the private institutions um, have some things similar, not quite like LU, but um, similar. You know, you're, you're talking about some smaller classroom sizes. You're talking about, you know, some, some great opportunities to develop relationships with professors and um, really, in my opinion, a little bit different of an academic experience. And that's not knocking anybody's um, anything, but uh, I think it's just a little bit different. But as, as time will, will tell and, and guys continue to do great things and uh, players continue to develop and compete. Uh, who knows what's going to happen here in the in the future, right? But um, I think at the end of the day, it's all about just doing the best that you can to put your best roster together, develop those guys, and then um, having the opportunity to go put the ball down. Tony, thank you so much for being on the show with us this morning. It's obvious to me that Lawrence University made the right choice. Um, we wish you nothing but the best of luck. Thank you again. Go, Jaker. Truly appreciate that. And, um, Coach Sarver, you know I love you. Coach Swiddle, it's, it's, it's an honor to be here. Please tell uh, Coach McGivern I said hello. That's one of my guys, even though we, we couldn't knock them off too many times when they were over there at Dominican. And then uh, please make sure that you tell Neil Brenner I said hello. Him and my mother worked together for many years. I've known Neil forever, um, and I appreciate you guys' time today. Um, and for everybody listening, you know, don't knock us till you try us. Come up to the Fox Valley. Come up to Appleton and see us and uh, I think we got a great thing going, and at the end of the day, as we always say, we're going to keep moving forward, and we're going to do it flinch-free in everything that we do. So I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Good luck, Tony. All You're right. listening to the Majerus Family Foundation Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by your local pick-and-save stores live from the Lakeland University studios on 1250 AM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Majerus Family Foundation Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by your local pick-and-save stores live from the Lakeland University Studio on 1250 AM, The Fan. Doug, that was quite a segment with Tony Aker, wasn't it? Yeah, I can see he's going to do well in recruiting. Oh, man, I, Mr. Enthusiasm there, and 
And like I said, I think they've done the right thing by yeah. hiring him. If you're a if you're a high school player looking for a college in the next year or two, and I, I would give Lawrence a run. Absolutely, and we didn't even talk about their facilities. The Banta Bowl it's might be the fantastic. most beautiful yes. setting that I've ever seen for a college football stadium. Honestly, it is very good. I've, I've, we've we've been there. So, Doug, we're going to be moving into an area here, and and uh, you know, you being an athletic director. I'm guessing that part of your job is to find officials for games and matches and such, and it can't always be the easiest thing. For we, you we, to... we seem to have lost Neil, so I'm going to try him again. Okay. But, uh, but we do have Brian. So okay, very good. Just to let you know. Thank you. Um, but anyway, we're going to talk about uh, the shortage of officials in football and how it's impacting the game. And with us right now is Brian Henson, the commissioner of the Greater Metro Conference, Brian, good morning. How are you? I am great. It's great to be with you again, Tom. Hi, Doug. It's uh, great to be with you. Uh, congratulations on a great career for St. Francis. I enjoyed working your games back in the day. So, Well, thank you, Brian, and uh, glad to have you on the show. And I miss Mike today, I admit it. So, <laughs> Yeah, we all do. We all do. <laughs> Hey, Brian, so, I mean, you're intimately involved with um, hiring of officials, and, um, you know, I, I know that it's getting more and more difficult to do so, given the fact the um, age of a football official, um, and probably all officials, um, is getting up there, and, and many are getting out of it, and we just don't have the same number of people who seem to be as interested in officiating at the high school level. Um Give us a, a rundown at, at you know what you do as conference commissioner, um, how you deal with with the um, hiring of officials. I, you know, if you explained it to me once before, and it's it's kind of interesting the role that you take in doing so. Well, you know, and Tom, that's a really good point. You know, the one thing I'd like to you know, and it's good to focus on this area because you know a lot of people are big high school Friday night lights football fans and. We always take for granted that there's going to be, you know, the, the guys in the striped shirt and, in some cases, the gals that are going to be there officiating these games. And it, it's interesting because last year was the – I've been involved in the Greater Metro Conference for 22 years. It was the first year that we had many varsity football games last year that went with four officials. Um, and that's because of the severe shortage that we have. So it's an interesting thing because, first of all, you almost have to self-identify yourself, saying, you know what, I could probably do better than those officials that are out there on the field right now. And that person that expresses some sort of an interest, getting involved in an officials association, contacting the WIAA, and then they get involved. And it's a very, very Darwinistic environment, very much like being a football coach. Some survive and some do not. But if you do persevere and if you have a passion for football, it is a great hobby. And that's what it is. If you look at the NFL officials or the, uh, the Division I, Big Ten officials, that is actually a paid job that people are very committed to. But as a high school football official, you can actually do it as a hobby. Now, like any type of hobby, you can be very passionate about it. You have to put a lot of time into it. But we do need people. And it is challenging, especially coming out of the pandemic environment that we're in, to find people that are interested in high school officiating. Brian, I know that when you um, schedule officials, um, you, you have your pool. And um, as much as you know, me being a football coach and, and Doug being the same, you know, you, you would love to have the best crews every week. You know, like everybody would want Neil Brunner and his crew because they're, they, um, you know, they've been so excellent. But you have to take into account um, officials and and you know what games have they had? The, the officials you want, the other conferences, you know, are also after. So, I mean, how do you juggle all of that? I mean, what what's the grand scheme behind how you actually get people for varsity games? Well, and you bring up a really good point. I mean, there's a competitiveness between the conference, right? The Classic 8, for example, is an outstanding football conference. So there are officials that want to work games in the greater metro, but they yet want to work in conferences like the Classic 8, the North Shore, so on and so forth. And I don't want to just pick on the big schools, and there's great small conferences in the area as well. 
So you, you, there is a little bit of that. Now, what happens is, is that football in our area is very crew-based. So what happens is you get officials that very much like working together, unlike other states that assign officials saying that you're going to work with these individuals on this particular day. It's very crew-based. So what you tend to do as a commissioner is develop a relationship with particular crews one of the things that we have, and all the coaches listening know this, we have a lot of video uh, now with Huddle. And so there's a lot of ways that you can kind of, you know, give feedback to the crew and kind of see what's going on with your individual crews as well. But, you know, the key to it all is it, it's developing relationships. It's kind of like building an assistant coaching staff as a, as a football coach. And, um, you know, you, you, you try, it's, it's very much like anything else. You try to build the best team you can as a coach, and you try to build the best officiating staff as a conference commissioner. Yeah, Brian, I go back long enough to where athletic directors used to hire the officials, and especially the lower levels, and today the commissioners have taken that job, and it's just been a godsend for, for athletic directors not to have that on their plate. And our commissioner, uh, Jack Fleming, does a great job in our conference of of uh, not only getting officials for varsity games, but also for our lower level games. Uh, for for me as an AD now, it's 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 my uh, object to get a safe environment for the officials, provide uh, a locker room for them to change if they need to, and, and things like that, just to make it a better experience for them. So, can you uh, kind of give us our thought, your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, and I and we appreciate the role with athletic directors. Jack, who you mentioned, is has an, a distinguished career as a football official in the area. As a matter of fact, he just worked the state softball tournament at Goodman for the WIAA just a little over a week ago as well. So I have great respect for, for Jack as well. You know, I, I think that's one thing. I mean, things have obviously changed, but they haven't changed. There have always been situations where people have yelled at referees. There's just no getting around. There's always been situations where coaches, you know, Tom and Doug, you've both been around a long time. You know that's the case. I think because we're in an environment right now where there always was this expectation that there was going to be this infrastructure of officials that were there, and suddenly now we have a shortage for many different reasons, right, that I think the idea of focusing on things to make the experience better for officials has become more important over the last couple of years. Um, and I, I think that's a positive thing. I, I, I really do. I mean, I remember days where even as a varsity football official in, in Doug and Tom, you can go back to those days where there's a lot of times with the way the timing worked back then, you could work two varsity football games on a Friday night. And a lot of schools didn't have lights back then, so you had a lot of 4.15 and 4.30 starts. What that meant was, as an official, is you were out there in your white knickers in the parking lot changing between games, um, where now it's a much more environment where an athletic director like Doug is, is escorting you into a locker room. You're getting there a lot earlier. Um, there's more amenities available, like towels and hospitality and stuff to officials that might have not been there in – in you know 20 years ago so it's interesting things have evolved and things have definitely gotten better but there's some unfortunate cases where you see situations that get a lot of media attention today where an official is you know not treated properly and it gets a lot of attention we do have neil brunner back and we're right up against a break here uh neil we're going to lead off with you in the next segment if you don't mind does that work for you Okay. Um, you're listening to the Majerus Family Foundation Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by your local pick-and-save stores. We're live from the Lakeland University Studios on 1250 AM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Majerus Family Foundation Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by your local pick-and-save stores live from the Lakeland University studio on 1250 AM, The Fan. And joining us in our discussion of referees now is Neil Brunner. Neil, thank you for, for hanging on with us. We lost you but got you back, which is, which is great. Thank you, Mitch, for that. Now, Neil, we're, I'm not going to embarrass you and ask you your age. Instead, I'll ask you, how many years um, were you an official? You're well, retired now, I believe, correct? Well, 
<laughs> or not? <laughs> yes and no. Uh, I just celebrated my 70th birthday, by the way. So congratulations. It was, and I've been so I'm been registered with WIA for 48 years, and um, it's you know it's been quite an adventure, you know, going along with the different levels of officiating. But I've always been doing uh, along with that. I've always been doing high school fo- football one way or another. And after the 2015 season. I started dialing it back because it does take a certain commitment to give up um, most of your weekends in the fall uh, because you have um, varsity on Friday nights, uh, but uh, and some Thursday nights, by the way. But then you could almost be working any type of ball from youth, youth football to JV high school football uh, during the rest of the week. There's such a need. And so it's been that type of journey and that. so after 2015 I dialed it back because my wife said you, st- you got to start we've got to start doing some things in the fall together as instead of working around football and I fully understand that so she's uh, I had one one of our mentors or my mentors of course uh, during the course of my career said you know we we do this for us you know as far as because as Brian said it becomes it becomes a passion to be an official and the amount of time that you have to put in with rule studies and mechanics and working with others. And then, um, but part of that, you've got to find that balance with your family. Uh, most every one of us is, um, you know, is married or has some sort of relationship. So we work that around and, um, you know, so we, we have to find that type of balance in there. So, but you do re- you establish the relationships so you relationships evolve um, mutual respect with coaches with you and Doug over the course of the year we've seen how we've grown as we see how coaches grow you see us as growing as officials and things and so those relationships are some of the great things that come out of this um, you know this officiating application that we do uh, one of those I just want to make a quick mention with um, Coach Aker. And I saw him grow from a high school athlete, and I was uh, when I was working with um, the old AT&T and uh, SBC and Ameritech, I worked with Tony's mother, Dorothy Chapman. So that was uh, kind of special, and we saw saw him growing up through her eyes uh, during the course uh, while we worked together, and, and then Tony went off to college, and then uh, as I and I worked also football in the um, in the state conferences and WSCC and all of a sudden here's Tony Aker for his junior and senior seasons over at uh, UW Stevens Point and just uh, a great guy to run into and uh, and then as he's uh, moved into coaching and things so that's uh, just uh, just touching on one of the relationships there and seeing over the years how uh, and you you know things grow and then you run into people and you may have not have seen them for years for a few years, but then it's just a special. You catch up, you even if it's only for a couple of minutes, and you know it's high and high and by. But you have those relationships continue. Neil, you've got a, a great story, and I, I've heard you tell it uh, of how you became an official. And we have a, a lot of listeners right now who are maybe contemplating: Is this something that that I would like to do? Um, tell us, you know, how you ended up becoming official. Well. Here goes back a few years. Uh, in the early 70s when I was in the Air Force, and I was on a, we had a base touch football, if you will, and other, you know, other intramural type stuff and everything. And I was newly married. My wife, you know, we were fortunate that she was able to live with me over in England. And um, after one of the, uh, one of the games, she said, you might want to look into getting into officiating. Because that's what he's saying. I'm not athletic like my brother, and she's just saying that might be a better route for you to go. <laughs> well, what I so uh, I took that to heart when I got when we got back in and I got out of the Air Force. There was a gentleman in the neighborhood. His name was Red Mershwa, and he had been well known in the officiating, and he was a teacher and in the Milwaukee Public Schools. And uh, got in contact with him on what route that he went. He put me in touch with the WIAA. Uh, because all I was looking for was to do youth football. I was looking at, in particular, the Catholic Youth League and 
you know, on the south side of Milwaukee. Well, and then he put me in touch with the WIA, got me in touch with the Milwaukee Officials Association, which I'm still a member of. And over the years, um, I started with youth football, worked many JV and youth football games in the first few years. And by the um, fourth year is when I finally, officials were, there was more officials than you had games, which is reverse of what you have now. And I was able to um, get my first varsity experience and kind of grew from there. Uh, the more I did it, uh, the more I put into it, um, it just moved along. And along the ways, you have to find mentors that would that kind of fuel that passion. And I think in some cases we lose that today. Uh, we're, we have people come in and try the you know, try officiating for one, two, three years. And then for various reasons, whether it's a time commitment or maybe the um, some of the stress that they're under on game days, um, whether it's fans or young coaches or something, um, drop out. And so I think you need a mentor or two to help you help you grow in the avocation as well. Hey, hey Neil, uh, by the way, uh, at 70, you're still the youngest-looking Brunner. So. <laughs> <laughs> Try working on that. We both have a face for radio, though. <laughs> okay. That's why Tom and I are in the studio here. Yeah. <laughs> so I, being retired or semi-retired, how often do you get that emergency call during the course of a year? Hey, can you fill in for this guy? Can you fill in for me on Friday night? Uh, and it's quite often. I mean, probably I could probably work every Friday night. Uh, and I'll get calls a couple of days before from, you know, from them. Uh, crew chiefs that are aware that uh, I'm around yet. And um, in, in many cases, my wife and I are either traveling or I've already booked something, you know, where I can't fill in. But uh, on a handful of occasions, I've, I've worked uh, since, since I backed off. And I've worked some, some games with Brian early on and, uh, and then others as, uh, with Pat Miles, who we, we used to work together on he used to be on my crew, but he's got an outstanding crew right now on his own. Just worked the state uh, championship game last year. And uh, so I'll fill in. But, I, again, I can work almost every week. I ran into, um, on my, when I go to my, uh, my Packer seats on the gold package, I have to pass one of our uh, Milwaukee officials, uh, referees, and we talked, we got just talked last year. And he was talking about how his crew, or the crew that he's on, how they've got, they, they work, they, they're still working every Friday on varsity, but in addition to that, they're also working the, you know, the freshman and JV games during the course of the week because there's such a need out there. And he's, he says the crew chief is 75, three of them are uh, 72, and the other one is a younger guy at 56 years old. So... Um, they're out there. They're still doing what they they can. They're giving back, but I think we need to get a glut of in, you know younger officials. Make I guess we have to think out of the box. Now, my wife was talking about last night, and we were talking just running things by. And just, um, do they do anything at uh, you know in orientation? Say when ads are presenting what's what's available because. The need for officials is out there for every sport, you know, football, not, you know, notwithstanding. Um, whether they give them the outlet or the information as far as uh, whether how to get in touch, how to become an official, how to get in touch with the WIA, uh, have other officials talk about the benefits of it uh, when people get into officiating, the mentorship and, and that type of thing. So, um, there's many things that can be done, I think. Uh, I think we probably need to be a little more proactive as far as getting getting the word out and actually catching kids when they're in high school, actually playing ball, because, as you know, as, as you go to each, each level, the percentage that actually go on to the next level, where, you know, in, in the high school varsity, as far as, you know, if you're a freshman in the varsity and then into um, – college and then into the pros uh, there's just a small percentage of that group 
you know, it does move up to the next level. But if you can get them, it's a great avocation. I have had so many relationships that I've developed over the years. Um, and you rem- we always talk about you remember some of the games you know, more than anything. You remember the personalities and you remember the, you know, the people you've worked for or worked with. Well, Neil, thank you so much. Brian, thank you so much. We really appreciate uh, you being on with us this morning to talk about this. It is something that is affecting the game of football, and hopefully we have some listeners who would like to come forward now and, and give um, officiating a try. Um, so, again, thank you, gentlemen, for being on. I'm for happy to be here. Um, and if you're interested, and, and there's a lot of coaches that listen to this show, I will say this, encourage your kids. It may not be your best athlete. You might have a kid that's really smart, but he doesn't have a good arm to be a quarterback. That kid might be the guy that might be the great football official of the future. So, Doug and Tom, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thanks, Lida. Thanks, Neil and Brian. I'm sure we would, both Brian and I would, along with so many others, would be available to um, – you know, to make that pitch to the for the different coaches and uh, you know people out there. Good to know. Well, thank you again, and uh, you are listening to the Majerus Family Foundation Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by your local pick and save stores, live from the Lakeland University Studios on twelve fifty a.m. The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now, with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.